It sounds like you're ready. So I, I can just I'm ready. tee it up as, hey, tell me a story. All right. So Zane, look, I, I just want to say thank you. I, I appreciate your interest in me. Um, so this story, I, I wrote it and it's called Pun Intended. I always thought I was smarter than, than most people. I thought I was an intellectual. Teachers would tell me that I was smart. School came easy to me. I got straight A's in grade school and throughout high school. In fact, I was valedictorian. Um, I was uh, the top person in my high school. And this is despite being an immigrant, uh, growing up poor, getting involved with gangs. And in my junior year in high school, I, I was uh, shot. I, I had, you know, I was, uh, I, I had a gun wound, right? I had a incident. And despite all this, I was valedictorian. And yeah, I thought I was smart. When I got to college, though, I had this swift realization that my school system did me a massive disservice. And I'm not talking about individual teachers, because I think teachers believed in me and they helped me believe in myself. I didn't know how to study and no one was there to make sure that I was accountable or that I took care of business and worse. I was surrounded by people that were actually way smarter than me, that went to private schools, and their level of education was vastly different than what I went through. And they were at a much different level. And so that made me feel inferior, and I had to deal with that. So I grew up impoverished, right, on the bad side of town where drugs and violence and crime were normalized. And that's all I had was this feeling of feeling intellectual or feeling smart. And I define myself by this. I wasn't the, the most handsome guy, the strongest, the funniest. In fact, I was probably like the worst gang member that, that and that probably helped me survive on some level. So now I'm just feeling like this Mexican that didn't belong in an honors college at a major university. And I struggled with school for the first time in my life. And in year three, I realized that I had three more years left to graduate. And that shook me because I needed money. I needed to take care of my family. And I wanted to quit. And I cried for half a day. And that helped me a little bit. But I didn't quit. I kept hacking away slowly at very difficult engineering courses. By year five, I only cared about the finish line. I didn't care how pretty it looked. A C was a passing grade. And I tried for A's. But I didn't cry over a C. And that was my perspective. I was going to be the first person in my family to go to college and graduate the first person on both my mom's side and my dad's side. And that's not to say that I was smarter than my family. I was just the first person in a position to do that because I have incredibly talented family. I'm taking differential equations, linear algebra, Calc 3, classes that I never thought I could pass. So one day I'm walking out of a test, feeling great, big smile across my face. The professor had put a problem on the test that I knew by heart. He also put a, a, a problem on the test that I had no idea what he was talking about, but by my calculations, I was going to get a C, possibly even a B, which I did get a B. So I have I had a friend, the homie Costas, a Greek fellow that took a liking to me early in the semester, and he was by far the smartest cat in the class. And so after, after the test, he comes up to me a little sad, asking me how I did. And I told him, I, I, I'm happy. I killed it. I know I got a C or higher for sure. But then he questioned why I could be so positive. 
And he didn't he didn't like that I was so positive with the C because he felt like a B to him was death. Cause that problem the professor put, he didn't know it either. The one I didn't know, he didn't know either. He he might have thought that I was a slacker and that offended me a little bit because he was angry at me for being so positive. But I don't think he realized that I was working full time to help my mom and my brother who happened to be in prison. I didn't owe him that explanation. But I felt in that moment I could give him some perspective because I liked him and it, it hurt me that he was a little angry with me. So I felt compelled to share. And anyone that knows me, I'm, I'm not a sharer. I don't share. And we sat down not far from class. And I said, look, Osas, we have different lives. I know your parents are not rich, but they could afford to send you to college abroad. You don't have to work. You dedicate your life to school. You're not going to remember any of this. You're going to be a CEO of a company and the world is yours. By my and that didn't help. He wasn't too moved by that. So I added, when I was 19, my dad was murdered in front of me. My mom became homeless. And my younger brother was sent to prison. He was my best friend. I loved him to... To no end, and I felt like I was losing my brother. I just lost my dad, and I felt like I was losing my mother. And this was the start of my freshman year. My dad was, was killed on December 18, 1997, and he was buried on Christmas Day. Imagine your Christmas moving forward. Just imagine that. I could have given up, and for the first time in my life, I felt a little bit lucky. It's strange, right? But I had the chance to prove to the world that my father's life was not in vain. I'd be the first person in my family to finish a college degree, and that's not so bad for a not-so-smart kid. Now I'm oversharing, which I don't like to do. I thought I would die before I was 18 for sure, or end up in jail, and I believe this to my core. I survived several shootings, and a lot of my friends were killed, and at times, in front of me, year three in college, when I wept, and I, I promised my father not to quit. I promised myself. I promised that I'd do what I could to take care of my mother, my brother, and the family as needed. And Kosas cried. And I cried. I cried because I didn't have to share that with them. And it cost me emotional grief. Imagine having a wound and then pouring salt on it. It hurts to share, to share, and it still does. And he cried because he couldn't imagine my life. He felt a little guilty for being a little angry with me, but he cheered up. He apologized. He thanked me. And I didn't save his life. I gave the man perspective, and he took it, and it helped him. But he didn't have to take it, to be fair. What I didn't share with him was that that same year my dad died, a childhood friend, a great friend to this day, lost his father to cancer. And after a year of cancer, he wanted his dad to stop suffering, which was strange to me. He, he, he was okay with his father dying. His dad had suffered daily, and it was painful to him to watch his dad deteriorate, to watch the man he looked up to cry and suffer knowing his death was around the corner. And a year after that, 
Another friend lost his dad to drugs. He found his dad dead in a bathtub, overdosed. His body had been there for days. And it gave me perspective. I could slowly start to see that I was not unique. Others suffer intolerable losses. And I accepted that the world was not out to get me. Life happens sometimes. My dad was gone. And that gave me perspective and it helped me. I live my life based on perspectives. And if you could see things from a different lens when all seems hopeless, perspective will help you get out of a rut. It helped me. It helped Costas. It heals. It's proven. So this is my perspective. You know that cliche about cup being half empty or half full? Well, how about this? I have a cup. Others don't. And I feel privileged about that. Some people have bigger cups. Some people have smaller cups. Some people have broken cups. Some people just have a piece of a cup. And unfortunately, some people will never know what it's like to have a cup. Uh, who cares about the cup? Who cares about what's in it? This perspective. A sea sometimes is a blessing if you could just only step back and see it. Pun intended. So, and I can't end the story that way. I have to end it this way. Perspective is beautiful. It's a very beautiful thing. Something you should cherish. You know, something that, that if you can find it, hold it. But if you go through something traumatizing, you have to make sure you, you get, you know, if you need it, get some therapy because I'd hate to send a message that, you know, perspective alone is going to help you. But I think that for me, being a Latino, mental health is, is very important. And I know a lot of Latino men or just in people in general, people suffer mental health and get help, see therapy. I think uh, coupled with a little perspective, life is beautiful. That's it. That's all I got.